0: Welcome back to another episode of Honey Never Sleeps. Today I'm I'm joined by Patrick, uh, Patrick who's uh, in charge over at Apple Chat. Patrick, why don't you tell it tell us a little bit about yourself and,
1: and introduce oh you. sure, thank you. Yeah, my name is Patrick Teely. I'm my title at Apple Healthcare is. Chief Operating Officer, and I'll explain a little bit more how my role has evolved over time. Uh, I'm a Canadian coming from the prairies, Manitoba and Saskatchewan are the provinces I come from on the prairies of Canada. And I've been living in Mexico now for the past four years and uh, 51 years old, which I say I think uh, is important context uh, in relation to the story I'm going to tell about how I found myself, uh, my career path to getting into the sales world.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, before you do that, the prairies. I that just to make sure. In in Canada, I imagine there's a lot of like open space, wildlife, like beautiful place to grow up as a kid, right?
1: Absolutely. I grew up on a farm and uh, always lived in uh, yes areas where not big population and lots of open space for sure. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's 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 the dream now. I think everybody wants to get away from people.
1: <laughs> right. That's true. Right. Um, So yeah, tell us a little bit about Applicat and uh, what you're doing there. Sure. So Applichat is a recruitment process outsourcing company and we work in healthcare. So we help healthcare organizations, hospitals, seniors living organizations, home care organizations, In the US and Canada, we help them to find nurses. And it's a very interesting time in healthcare in terms of nurse recruitment because there's a massive nurse shortage worldwide and in North America, they're really feeling it uh, strongly in the US and Canada. And uh, so it's a really interesting time to be in that and working with healthcare organizations to help them address that urgent, urgent need. So we have um, a tool, a method where we're able to reach out to nurses uh, on the internet and get them interested in working in a new organization and and our specialty is to talk to passive nurse candidates so the nurses who aren't necessarily necessarily looking for a job today but might be willing to uh, consider a new job if we can get in front of them yeah So that's really yeah. really interesting
0: yeah it really is and i imagine at this time of you know uh, people are probably a bit hesitant to move and The global system of politics and health and COVID and family, it's all probably made a big impact on some of your customers. So going off a passive is definitely um, a nice increase of of candidates. So um, I've been reading about you and learning a little bit about you more as uh, we've been talking. And um, I know you've worn many hats. um, Mm -hmm. So... Your career started in criminal justice. Um, how did that lead you to sales?
1: Yeah, interesting. My, I have a friend who recently told me that I I keep reinventing myself. Um, I I did. I was in the criminal justice system in Canada for my entire career, actually, coming right out of university. I. I started working in victim services, working in the front line supporting victims of crime, and then I moved into government and working in the Justice Department in the province of Saskatchewan and uh, started to, again, still in victim services, but working with organizations, nonprofit organizations and police organizations who were supporting victims of crime. (laughs) So I, my relationship was with those organizations to help them help victims. and then gradually I broadened out to work with more uh, a more a wider variety of community justice organizations mm-hmm. um, to are or helping people in the community. So I did that for many, many years. Um, I forget now, more than 20 years for sure. And then eventually found myself needing a change and found a bigger change than I expected. I actually ended up with an opportunity to take over a small hotel and art gallery here in Mexico, in Guadalajara. So I wow. ended up uh, leaving the government, leaving the justice system and, and taking over this small hotel that was really interesting, a lot of fun. And that was about four years ago, as I said, and, uh, but then COVID hit and, uh, So I, you know, struggled really in a big way through COVID, had to shut down, had to sort of reimagine things and uh, did a lot more work uh, on my own through that. But eventually in January, I decided to, to just let it go. Um, 10 months of fighting through COVID was enough for me. Mm. So finally ended up letting it go. Since I moved to Mexico, I actually was also doing a little bit of contract work on the side, some writing, some policy work now and then, and, and uh, I was starting to gear that up and I had met Adam, our president of Aplichat, Adam Chambers, I'd met him actually here in Guadalajara by coincidence. He was looking for some help with some writing work. I started working with him about uh, a year and a half ago now. And the timing was good because uh, I was gradually ramped up my my time with him and started doing, well, I I think I've done almost everything in the company with Adam actually, Uh, starting very small hours and gradually ramping that up. When I thought I would probably need to close the hotel, I let Adam know, uh, that I'm probably going to be looking to do more contract work. And he said, well, how about full time? So he brought me on full time. I was working as a, in a management role, managing the team, and also in sales. And uh, the the sales sales was very, very new to me. Um, and but to make a long story short, I'm now working full time actually in sales for the company. So that was a big change. He, uh, he convinced me to try sales. I had never thought I wanted to be in sales, but he for some reason thought I'd be good at it and he, he encouraged me to give it a go.
0: Wow, so that's a, 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 quite a journey going from being in that justice world where you're dealing with people face to face all the time, um, then uh, and a very supportive role moving into hotel art. I'm assuming that you've got some interest in, in the art world, and, and I'm sure that was a very fun and enjoyable time. But COVID is uh, obviously impacting your life and then creating a new career shift. And um, it's yep, great yep. that you were able to find Adam and Adam, find you because you've been, from what you told me, you've been able to do a little bit of everything in the business. So that's allowed you to kind of like the old school apprenticeships that you, yes. where you learn yeah. every little bit uh, as the education and, and now. I transitioned f- yeah. I find strength. that
1: really valuable to understand broadly, most things about the company to yeah. at least have, have a basic understanding. I find that really helpful.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you can, you can talk about anything and everything to do with the business, no matter what. And um, I think that's really crucial. Uh, I think a lot of salespeople sometimes lack that. So um you know, maybe they're focused too much on product or focus too much on the customer, but they don't really know the overall picture or the mission and the vision of the business. Um, and so you've gone through a big transition um you know over the last four years. How did you adapt to that changing career and that shift into that sales mindset?
1: yeah, well, like I said, the sales was very new to me. Uh, Adam, luckily, is very patient. and for as yeah. I say, for some reason, he thought I would be good at it. I convinced I tried to convince him that no, I would hate it. No, I, I would not be good <laughs> at it, but he convinced me I should give it a try, and he was willing to be to be, to be patient and and let me grow into it. Um, so I really did have to come into it with the attitude that um, it's a learning experience. And I told Adam, well, if you're willing to to let me give it a try and if it's a disaster, we'll move on to something else. But I told myself, okay, I, this is something I can push myself. I can learn something new that I thought mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do. Why not give it a try? So I had to come into it with that attitude. So um, I you know, I really did try and listen to Adam had lots of good advice and and gave me some templates and uh, in terms of the process to follow uh, and, and try and learn that and, and try and make it my own. And also I really had to make sure I understood the product and the industry and, and figure out how we fit into that and, Mm -hmm. and then turn that into how we can help the people that I was talking to the people that I'm trying to sell that to. So I'm talking with, as I say, hospitals or other healthcare organizations that need nurses and offering them a service to help them meet that need. So, um, I, I, I looked at it as how can we help them, and and how can I bring the product to them?
0: Yeah, it's great that you just had that attitude. Just let's just give it a try, because I, I think a lot of people, um, I guess sometimes they just they don't give it enough to, uh, of a chance, whether it be sales, marketing, whatever role um, they go to. I've noticed that people's attention spans for for things have been a little bit shorter these days. Um, and you know, it's important to try things. I, I've always lived by a—you a, 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 got to try something at least once. Um, mm. Not that's, everything. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, that's but probably not- a
1: good—that's probably a good approach. I'm probably the opposite in some ways. I okay. like to get—I like to be really comfortable. That's why I was in the criminal justice system for over 20 years, probably. Yeah. But life uh, pushed me in different directions that it maybe opened me up to be to think a little more broadly yeah and it's worked out
0: and and how you kind of explained how you shifted in like getting you know first obviously seeking advice and i think any salesperson listening to this today um advice is always uh always needed and wanted and you should reach out i mean there's lots of ways you can uh, you know there's podcasts you can listen to there's yeah. network groups you can follow on LinkedIn um, there's also you know business influencers and just soaking knowledge and also of course yeah. working with your counterparts who have had success with your persona and it's really good that you you really seek that and of course the process um, we need to be able to understand the steps that we have to take to succeed and if you're going in and just going oh, I'm just going to make calls I'm just going to do emails like you're, you're not really going to understand how to close and how to take the, the lead through your sales process and funnel. Um, but it's also good that you mentioned that you adapted a little to yourself, to your style, bringing your own yeah. element to it. And I think that's also key. As long as the, the core of the process is there, you can make it your own because then it becomes natural. It doesn't feel, um, how do we put it, well, it doesn't feel scripted. It doesn't feel restricted. It, it, it's, it flows out of me far, far, um, far easier.
1: One of my big hesitations at the beginning was that I didn't want to sound like I w- when, and I'm, when I'm talking to people that I'm just following a script or that it's cold. Yeah. I, I wanted to, to people to feel comfortable and, and I wanted me to feel comfortable. And uh, so finding that, that groove was what it was important for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. You don't want to be a robot. Um, That's right. You know, I think anyone here who is using a script, um, you know, scripts are great, they help, they do. And and there's a reason why scripts are there, but you should never have it in front of you. You know, if you know your script, you can then speak Mm. from you. And it may be the words that have been written down for you, but at least then it's coming out of you and, you know, you'll change words here and there. So it's more natural to to how you sound. And that's where you adapt. And if you can do that natural adaptation, it's kind of like learning lines. You may not get every line correct, but it will come out more naturally for you. So scripts are good, but we can't sound scripted. We can't be a robot. Um, I like that within your role there's some passion there, right? That you're able to help people and that I think leads straight back to your last role um, mm-hmm. where you were helping people who had been victims of, of some kind of crime or or what have you. And now instead of helping victims you're you're helping an organization find people who um, will help people in That's hospital right. who need care and you're also helping... Um, individuals who may be uh, thinking about moving or moving to the US Right, from, from, you know, well, you know the Philippines is probably the number one uh, uh, nursing we're, market. We're, right.
1: we're actually recruiting in, within the country. We're, okay. we're only recruiting domestically in the U.S. and Canada. But even that, there's people that need a change and yeah. they're looking for something new. They're looking to, to try a new location, mm-hmm. a new organization, and it's great to be able to support them. So you're right. Yeah, finding the meaning in that was really important to me. The meaning in terms of helping the nurses find roles but really also helping the the folks in the healthcare industry to help their patients. That's uh, really valuable to me. Yeah, I think meaning
0: and purpose in life is something that um, I think Buddha said that your purpose in life is to find your purpose. Um, And I think having some meaning and purpose behind what you do just makes it far easier to accomplish. Um, You know, my, my purpose in sales has shifted when I was a young man, just just getting started. I still am a young man. But when I was just getting started, all I cared about was my commission. I just wanted to make money. Right. Party. That was my purpose. But now my purpose is very different. Now I have employees and I want to offer more jobs for them and and allow allow them to grow and also help my customers grow and hire people. I'm trying to become a a catalyst for growth across my customers and employees. Um, And so uh, that's a great purpose for me. And that's what really drives me in my sales. And I think anyone who's starting in a sales career should sort of see how they can emulate you, Patrick, because you've taken... Um, that uh, your love of helping and supporting into this role of sales and it's enabling you to succeed. And I think that's really, really powerful. Um, so when you're talking to customers um, and you're talking to prospects, obviously you want to have conversations with them, you want to get them moving. Um, if, if you were to share, you know, I guess your free questions that you ask a prospect that really gets them to open up, gets them talking to you, what, what would they, those might be?
1: I think I probably start most of the conversations with just asking them what they need. What are their challenges? What are the problems that they're trying to address basically why are they on the call with me today, why did they reach out to me, and to understand that. And these are, if you can imagine, again, these are hospitals or healthcare organizations that are often in desperate, desperate need. I was speaking to someone a few weeks ago who said, "Um, we really need your help in uh, this particular hospital, because uh, we really have a shortage of nurses on in the emergency department. And I said, well, how short, How? what's it like? She said, well, last night we had one nurse show up in the emergency department. I said, well, h- how big is this hospital? How many nurses should you have? She said, eight. So they needed eight nurses, they had one show up. So you can imagine the stress for that team trying to fill that, that role. So the first question I have is, tell me about your need. What What is the problem? What is the challenge uh, that you're trying to address? And that really gets people, they're passionate about it. So they that starts the conversation. Um, The second question I probably ask them is What are you doing now to solve your problem? Like, what are you already doing and trying to meet this need? And uh, how well is it working for you or not working for you? Uh, Most often they tell me that they're doing lots of different things and all of them are working to some extent, but the Mm -hmm. need is just so great that they need to do something else. They're doing almost everything they can do, but they're open to trying something new, which is again, why they're on the call with me. And then uh, related to that, my question is, well, what are the gaps? What's missing? How big is the problem (laughs) that uh, you're not able to fill? And that leads into the conversation about how we can fill the gap for them.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think um, sometimes because obviously when, when someone contacts you, you can be like, okay, so what do you need? Um, but when you contact them and you've, you've got them intrigued, I think a lot of salespeople don't necessarily jump on that question so quickly. They're, they're trying to pitch. They're trying to uh, kind of justify why they're in the room. Um, but I think that question works every single time. Like, why did you agree to meet? What do you need? It doesn't necessarily right. has to be why did you reach out. And um, if you can get them to start opening up and talking about what's going on, and I think that's really powerful. That that particular lead you mentioned. I mean, what is the cost? Not the financial cost, but the cost of lives. But right. in the ER, which needs a minimum of eight nurses and only one is there what does that mean right. to those who are having emergencies right that's right um and and that i think has a, a really emotional impact for the the decision makers you're talking to as well it's not all business there's human lives involved um that's right. and you know look we make decisions logically eventually but we first make them emotionally and i think that's a really powerful um in in your area there's a lot of uh uh, there's a lot of emotion, I think, in, involved, um, and a lot of your questions remind me a little bit of the Sandler sales technique and his, his funnel, which is you know you're asking a question that take is opening people up, like what are you trying, is it working, are you happy with it, have you given up on trying, you know mm-hmm. how much do you think this cost you, how do you feel about that, like asking these kinds of questions to get get people to really open right. up. Um, I think, I think that's if if you're a salesperson and you're just saying we're great, we do this, we do that, and you're not spending your first time talking to the your your prospect in a discovery, a mutual discovery where you're you're uncovering that you're sharing. Um I think you're doing it wrong. So obviously you're getting these questions and then you you come. you're discovering some information, then you're going through and sharing a little bit about what you do. Um, I imagine you're getting objections. We all do, right? Um, The latest objection I hear is December's a slow month. Let's start next year, which is... Right. Right? Um, Yep, me too. (laughs) So, okay, I think everybody's getting that. So how would you approach that specific objection, or how do you approach objections in general?
1: In general, I try to bring back to reminding people about why we're different than what they're already doing and maybe different than what they've experienced before. So, I mean, sometimes we hear people say, um, you know, I worked with someone before and they promised this, but then this happened. So it's a reminder that we're different and why we're different. And a lot of it comes back to showing our results, right? We have great results to share. And if we can pull them back to looking at the results and seeing how it's worked for other organizations similar, that's that's really very, very powerful. And, and again, reminding people why they're talking to me today is because they said they needed to try something different. They have a big need. And they need to do something now, not, not later, not in January or February, but they need to start something now. So for example, with the Christmas season coming up um, and the slow period coming up, uh, we can do some planning for some of our campaigns that take longer to plan. We can begin that. We can bin, begin the sourcing over the Christmas season when people are not at work and they have more leisure time to be mm. on the internet, which is where we find them. And, uh, and we still have time before Christmas to be building and doing some activities before. So we, can, we explore with them what their timelines are and what our different services are that maybe we can fit in before, after and, and during as well. The the other thing I've been hearing lately is, well, it's the end of the budget year. We're out of money now, um, so maybe we'll think about this for twenty twenty two. So one of the things I've been offering is, well, first of all, how let's look at the value of of what we're what we have to offer you and second of all how can i help you build the case for uh, that budget submission for 2022 and i come to that with my my government background and lots of budget submissions over the years so i have some idea of of what that what that's involved and for a lot of people especially the talent acquisition people i'm talking to they're not really you know, that's not their first interest. So, um, it's something that I can offer to help them. Like, what more information do you need? Can I pitch this in a different way or describe this in a different way to help you make the sale, uh, the sales pitch, so to speak internally in your organization, because they're having to go and make a pitch for the dollars to to do this. So if I can help them and support them to do that, uh, that's another uh, something of value that I can offer them.
0: Yeah, I have a similar objection handle for that went to the new year, Christmas slowdown. Um, it's, it's kind of about that nurture build up, because if you start now, you're going to see more results in January. But if you start in right. January, you're probably not going to see results till the end of February. Right. And that's mainly because now people are planning. But January, our plan is in action. So right. we're already set. We've already got our plan in motion. We want to see how that plays out before we talk about something new. And so you have to start talking now. And that—that's kind of one of the ways I've handled that objection. And it's—it is true. There's also a truth to the slowdown of Christmas. So I can understand um, all the holidays, and I can understand there is a, um, uh, I a—I guess—a fear that they're just spending money and not going to see anything at the. Right. Um, but equally with these larger organizations, like you said, building that business case, helping them have the ammunition and essentially turning them into influencers for you, right? Because right. there's going to be lots of hidden decision makers that you're never going to speak to. Um, and that's, right. and that's just part of life you know they're going to be talking about it internally and you need to support them understand what ROI they're expecting understanding what numbers they care about understanding that's right um you know what the decision makers need to make their their uh, business case so um I think that's really important and a lot of people um Kind of maybe just jump to well here's a discount come and come come and work with us and but don't think about that element um and that's very enterprise right that's it's it's enterprise sales you have to be building your business case and i think that should also be brought to um our small business customers and mid sized range customers for for salespeople. you don't have to do a uh a two-hour business case presentation you know but you can definitely look at some numbers with your your client or your prospect with the influencer of the decision um and really help them understand the business case behind it so i think that's right. really good advice what skills do you think um you've needed to excel um in your role and and maybe even some that have come from your last career that have mm. transitioned really nicely
1: but sure. Well, I think first of all, as I mentioned, I, ha- I have to know the product, right? I have to know what we're offering and, and how it works. And then linked to that is I have to know the industry. And I didn't come into this knowing a lot about healthcare. I knew a little bit then about nurse recruitment and talent acquisition in healthcare. So I've had to learn about all of that. And I continue to learn as I go through and as I work with our partners and our our new clients that we're bringing on. So that's important, knowing the product and the industry. And then in general, I find it's just really critical to be able to engage with people and be able to listen to them, to learn from them uh, and understand their challenges and and what they need. And Mm -hmm. people need to feel that it's not just a matter of of um learning for my benefit but they need to feel that i'm interested and that i'm learning and then some of that comes back to my next point is having some empathy we have to have empathy for the people we're trying to sell to their situation what their challenges are and also for the the end goal of uh, again helping the nurses and helping the patients on the front line so empathy in general um think that goes a long way in everything we do, and certainly helps in sales to uh, have someone that we can build a relationship with, right? People want to be able to have a relationship and build a relationship. And and that's something I think I brought with me from my previous roles. So the frontline work with victims of crime, but also the the work with community organizations in terms of understanding their challenges, building Mm -hmm. relationships with them, and then really having a collaborative partnership with them in order to help them to meet the needs of of people on the ground right people on on, in the front line so building relationships having relationships i found that to be really useful in this role in sales Uh, and i did bring that with me from my previous role Um, and again the ability to learn and about people in the organizations and how to help them And I also, I think I brought with me, I referenced it before, knowing how government works, knowing how public finance works, and then knowing how budgeting uh, and organizations overall work, some of the decision-making processes, that's been really useful to to bring with me to this role as well.
0: Yeah, I mean... Super, super useful. It's it, it's complex and time consuming, and if you can understand it, you can bear with it because uh, it's slow and tedious. But that's right. Um, of course, empathy. I really, I really agree with. But one thing that, that I was really happy to hear, your first, uh, other than knowing the part of the industry, recruitment, um, listening, mm. really listening, yeah. um, not just going hearing a word and being ready to answer with your your pitch or your, your objection handle or, or, or whatever it is but actually really listening and, and then empathizing with what they're saying and learning about what they're doing. I think that's really really crucial. There's a lot of uh, talk about what makes a good salesperson an introvert or an extrovert lately. It's just one of those buzzy conversations that people like to have on social media. And I'm always leaning now to the introverted salesperson because they're better at listening. Mm-hmm. They're better at sitting there and, and taking it all in and and, and potentially um, asking some related questions. And um, I'm not saying that you're an introvert, although maybe you could tell. So you're an introvert or an extrovert? I
1: definitely am an introvert. Okay. <laughs> and I think that was the, I think I had probably a stereotypical idea about that that, as an introvert, I couldn't be going out there and 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 pushing people to buy something. yeah, um, but of course, now I understand that uh, it's that's not that's not what people need, right? they again, they really do need someone to listen. so yeah, I think introverts are very are, are good at that and 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 introverts can make really good leaders and and mm. I guess salespeople as well
0: a- absolutely, absolutely. and i I hope any introverts out there who are like oh, i don't i can't do sales i'm not pushy enough i'm not aggressive enough or i'm not able to to stand up and talk or, or what have you sales has changed and a big part of our you know a core, our mission um is really to change that perception of sales people i want people to look at them as pushy and um smelling their their commission on every conversation um it's more about value and and caring and, and and supporting your customers through a journey of transition because sometimes people have a problem and they don't know how, have a clue how to solve it. And that's where that's right. you know we come in. Like you were talking about with that um, prospect who one nurse when they needed eight and they're trying to solve it, but they don't know how, like they, right. they they're lost and, and there's a lot of pain and we're helping people. And that's, what's really key about sales now, yeah. at least in, in my opinion. Um, and of course, you know you've not just had a transition in career um in culture by moving to a completely uh different uh, world to to canada right. in, in uh, mexico um but also frontliner a lot of face-to-face and now mm-hmm. we're all remote so how's that transition certainly as a salesperson because from my experience growing up in, because so, I learn in an office with an environment, with a buzz, um, you know, where people are on the phone and it kind of motivates you to get on the phone or people get a sale, they ring the bell, like it, it creates that buzz, hmm. whereas you've been doing it more remotely. So I'd love to understand how that's been and and how how you've, in, whether you've enjoyed it, not enjoyed it, you know, how's remote been for you?
1: Yeah. Interesting. What you just described reminds me that, uh, my path to sales is very different than probably many, or if not most sales people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't come out of school going into sales. I took a very different path. So I didn't have all the experience you described. I've never worked in that, that experience. Uh, so all of my sales, I mean, other than, uh, you know, in the hotel industry, I had some, uh, sales experience, but it's very different than what I'm doing now. Uh, but, uh, I don't mind doing it online at all. It seems to work very well. I'm working across time zones. Luckily, I'm on central time, but I've got uh, prospects and we have clients on the East Coast and the West Coast of Canada and the USA. So uh, the time zone thing works very well for me. And being on Zoom, uh, we can do that anytime. So it's worked really well for me. And also people are very busy. And people are, especially since COVID, they're just much more, well, many of them are still working at home themselves. I certainly won't be meeting with people in person very often. But in terms of the team thing, we, we have a team within our company. We're, we're well-connected. Uh, we, we support each other. So we still have that uh, happening, even though we're remote. Some of us are in the same city here, but uh, many of us are scattered around the world. Mm. So uh, we still have that support and encouragement for each other. But uh, I feel, and and maybe it's partly being an introvert, I feel I can be very efficient working uh, at home and working online uh, 100%. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, it's interesting, like, you know, I'm quite extroverted. I need social interaction. It's just part of who I am. And um, however, working from home, I have been incredibly efficient, incredibly Mm -hmm. efficient. And then I started going back to the office not every day, um, we're, we're kind of hybrid now. And I'm finding my efficiency drop when I'm in the office because I'm I'm drawn to conversation. I'm drawn to right. to maybe go for lunch instead of working my lunch, you know? Yep. So uh, it's definitely far more efficient being at home um, for sure. And if you're learning something new, um, that can also be challenging being at home alone, but great having home alone, <laughs> great having- uh, yep that support network. And, um, I think w- w- certainly as, uh, cause you're an expat like myself, where we've left our home countries and gone to a whole new world Well, not new world, but a new, new environment where we've left behind our support network, not just our work right. network, but our life support network, right. family and friends. Um, and of course we make new ones, but it's always different. Um, and so when you're working from home, um, you need that support element. And it's great that um, we've got technology like Zoom and Slack and, and we can start to just communicate uh, more and more with each other. I, I'm glad that you found it a good experience in remote. I, I struggled at first, but
1: I, I, I'm getting there. I think we probably we probably all struggled at first as such a big su- and sudden transition for most of us. Yeah, yeah. very challenging. Yeah. So, so at the beginning
0: of this conversation, you told me um, uh, that Adam was like, let's give it a go let's try sales. Yeah. Right? How you know, I guess so far what surprised you the most and, and and how do you feel about sales now that you've been doing it for quite some time?
1: What surprised me the most is probably that I didn't hate it. That's <laughs> one. And the second that I that I can be good at it actually too. Those are the two surprises for me. So Um, yeah, I found it very interesting. As I say, I came into it just being open-minded to have the experience and that I thought if it's a disaster, at least it's an experience, right? I'll have learned something from it, but, um, no, I found it to be really interesting. Um, I've, I've been pleasantly surprised at how my skills from my previous career in government and in frontline support have really been uh, really helpful for me in a sales career. I've enjoyed the relationship side of it, which um, I didn't maybe didn't quite anticipate the level to which um, relationships would be both important and um, uh, you know, really meaningful for me too, as I'm getting to know people in the in sales role and bringing on clients. And um, I think it's, I found it exciting, I found it rewarding and uh, invigorating, like I don't find that I wake up thinking, oh, I'm gonna dread today. Uh, that's, that's really a, a nice uh, feeling to have in the morning. And the other thing is, you mentioned something before, well, we talked about finding meaning in the work mm. and I've definitely been able to do that. And that's, as I say, really important to me. Um, you also mentioned your team and I, I do, we have a, a, a great team that is working hard and I feel great when I'm able to bring on a client and know that that means that our team is going to be able to keep keep working and maybe expand their work, too. I find that really valuable, too. Like, I feel a little bit of uh, ownership on that and some, some sense of responsibility. You know, they're working hard every day and, uh, and wanting to work hard every day. And uh, I feel a bit of responsibility to make sure that we have the clients for them to work on. Yeah. So I, I wasn't anticipating that feeling or that expectation or responsibility uh, in the role.
0: Yeah. I think people sometimes lose that. Like they, they, they've, they've looked at it. Why it's just about sales, just about making money, but there's so much more. And the sales is the engine that keeps the the company going. We we need that sales. You need to keep revenue flowing to make sure that these people that you're employing have jobs, right. And, and are able to do the work um so it's it's really good that you found meaning and i think that's key to anyone who's coming into sales um it's not always about money it's not always about the work you do because some of sales work can be boring there's some repetitive activities that we have to do right and that's the same about any job but what's key is you find some meaning behind what you're doing whether it is helping solve the problems of your customers which potentially, in your case, can save lives, right? right. Um, or uh, giving your team work so that they can, you know, forever keep their jobs and and ensure that you're working as hard as they are, and you're not letting your team down and having that accountability. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really good that you you found that meaning, and I hope that many other salespeople who are either just starting their career or in their career um, can find a way to to look added objectively like what what meaning do I have what purpose do I have behind my work and also sometimes it doesn't have to be the same as as the meaning you found or the meaning I found it could be something to do with your own family as well like I know that if I do well here I can give my child what they want or or you know it can also be um something a little bit more personal so I think everybody who's doing sales find that meaning behind what your work is yeah I think
1: that's a that's a really good place to start for everybody and as you say it's going to be different for everyone and it should be different from anyone for for everyone because it is such an individual personal thing
0: absolutely it's very personal well Patrick it's been an absolute pleasure to to uh to talk with you today and kind of enjoy learning about your journey from the prairies in Canada to Mm -hmm. the the higher altitude of uh, I can't pronounce it. Quali- quali- can you, Guadalajara? Guadalajara.
1: Guadalajara. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> welcome. Um,
0: yeah. It's uh, and and you know that the big career shift. There's actually a book I read called Career Shift, which I found really hmm. interesting. Um, but it, it's it's really wonderful to see that and see people change and and we we're all capable of adapting and changing to new things. It's really exciting that you've done it and, and you've not exactly done it at 20. You know, you've not done no, it at or 30. You know, you've done it in a, a more senior part of life and um, it just, it shows that anyone can change. I think um, Dell was founded by a 50-year-old right um you know that there are people can do anything at any point in their life and and i think that's a wonderful lesson for everybody um so before we go how can people reach out to you if they want to uh if they want to talk to you about their nursing requirements or just chatting about sales and growing
1: sure yeah you can find me on linkedin they should be able to see my name on the screen right it's patrick my middle initial is l Teeley, T-H-I-E-L-E. So Patrick L. Teeley on LinkedIn. And um, and our company is Applichat Healthcare. So you can search out Chat, Applichat, A-P-P-L-I-C-H-A-T uh, Healthcare and find me there through LinkedIn or on our website as well.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, um,
1: it's been a pleasure, Patrick. Thank you very much for your time. And we'll talk again soon. Yes, thank you for having me. Cheers. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Butter, butter, butter.